Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West here, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and throughout my life, from military to public service, the right to bear arms responsibly has been a fundamental belief. That's why I stand with United Patriot Supply. They're redefining what it means to be a firearms dealer by combining the experience and know-how of a traditional gun shop together with the selection and pricing power of a modern e-commerce company. Stop by our flagship store in Seneca, Kansas, or visit us online at unitedpatriotsupply.com. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. You know, one of the things that I think we need to look at is what unifies us as Americans. You know, we have this Latin phrase out there called e pluribus unum, out of many come one. And our next uh, guest, Juliet Fairley, she really has tapped into that, looking into her past and her genealogy and how she wants to try to bring that forward. Juliet Fairley was raised in San Antonio, Texas, before moving to New York City to pursue a career as an actress and writer. After her father's 2018 untimely death, she became curious about her family history, employing her journalistic skills honed at the conservative news publication, The Epoch Times, she discovered through a genealogy site that she is a descendant, through American slavery, of King James V of Scotland and five white men who served in the American Revolutionary War, 1776. Juliet is African American. This revelation led her to write the screenplay for Adult Children of the Revolution, which premiered on November the 9th at the Big Apple Film Festival and won an award at the Video Art and Experimental Film Festival. The sequel, An American Can of Worms, is currently in pre-production. And she already has a GoFundMe page looking to fund this, this new endeavor and this new documentary. And every day she is posting a compelling short video in exchange for some of these donations that she's getting out there. And Juliet Fairley joins us right now. Juliet, how are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. And Happy New Year to you. And thank you for that kind introduction. Yes, my GoFundMe page um, is with all the details about the next um, episode of Adult Children of the American Revolution is um, on my Instagram page at Fairly Juliet. That's an easy way to find me mm -hmm. at Fairly Juliet on Instagram. Now, let's just talk about your, your background. Uh, how did you end up being here in San Antonio, Texas? Was your father in the military or what? Yes. Yes. He served in the Korean War, um, mm -hmm. also the World War II and um, 
the Vietnam War, and then um, so he was a triple triple dipper. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and he met my mother in France when he was stationed in France, and so my mother is French, and um, I was born in France, and then shortly thereafter we were stationed in San Antonio, where my father retired and then went into this, became a school teacher. He used the uh, GI Bill to get educated, to get a, a couple of degrees and um, became a teacher and a guidance counselor. And then my mother was a French teacher in, in you know, San Antonio. It's interesting because your father and I share something because there is a program called Troops to Teachers, whereby, you know, individuals that uh, recently retired from the United States military, uh, they are actively looking for them to go out and become teachers. So that's that's a great way of you know, veterans giving back to the next generation. And talking about generations, sadly, with your father passing away in 2018, you began to look into your background. What was the impetus behind that? Well, um, I, di I didn't know much about um, his background. I, I knew that we had, he, his family had come from North Carolina and South Carolina, but I didn't know anything beyond um, his is my my grandparents and nobody knew who his parents his his parents grandparents were and i had a lot of friends who could trace their family all the way back to europe all the way back you know like 1300s and i started thinking i wonder if it's possible for me to trace my family and so i went on ancestry and started researching i got the dna test and back and i found this, this connection, I worked with the genealogist in South Carolina, and I found these connections to all these, these men who served in the American Revolutionary War. And I confirmed it, I got my, my aunt's DNA and some cousin's DNA, and we all matched with these, these five white men from the American Revolutionary War. And the way that I found that I was a descendant of King James V of Scotland was at a genealogy conference, this white woman and I matched, which I go into in the film, um, and we looked at our, each other's lineage and we were both descendants of Lady Carmichael, who was a descendant of Kim, King, King James V of Scotland. So, and I knew that we had, that the, our enslavers in, in North Carolina were Scottish. My father had done some work, mm -hmm. so he told me that. I knew that much. And the movie, um, Adult Children of the American Revolution, is a fictional account of my um of my, it's, it sets the stage for the whole feature film, which is about my journey into the Daughters of the American Revolution. You know, that's an incredible thing because, you know, people looking at Juliet Fairley and all of a sudden you are in the DAR, which is one of the preeminent, prominent organizations here, Daughters of the American Revolution. What do you think the real underlying message that gives not just for you, but for this country? Well, it's interesting, Colonel, because my application is still pending. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, you hey, know. Hey, y'all, approve her application. Colonel just told you also. Well, it, in the, I'm not the only one who's just been left hanging. A lot of African American, from what I understand, there's only 300 members. Three to six hundred members mm -hmm. of women, African American women, who are members, and I don't understand how that can be when there's so many of us um, here. Thirteen percent of us are are African American in the United States. I would think most of us have connections to the daughters of the American Revolution. You know, so why aren't there more members? You know, that are of African American descent. 
Well, let's answer that question. Why do you think there aren't more members? Do you think that there are people out there that have not gone through this process such as yourself and maybe they haven't filed applications or, you know, I don't want to think in a nefarious mode that you have people that are rejecting applications or, like you say, stonewalling applications. What, what do you think in your assessment, your analysis? Well, the, the issue is the fact that um, the African-Americans, we were the, the descendants of these men who served in the American Revolutionary War. We were slaves of these men. And um, they may have had, they had, some of them, many of them had children with their slave, their, their enslaved people. And, but we were not documented. We were not documented as their children. We, we were not, uh, we may have been the mistress of, of some of these men and we were not married to them. So we don't have paperwork proving it, but we have our DNA that proves it. Mm -hmm. And the Daughters of the American Revolution requires um, paperwork. So if you go there and you say, here are this, and I, I presented all kinds of census records, death records, birth records, showing uh, in enslavement records. And they don't make any kind of consideration for the fact that we were slaves and that we can, we don't have, many of us don't have paperwork. And I think that's very unfair because we have DNA to prove it, but you're asking us to, to us, people who are, are, our ancestors were slaves, you're asking us to prove it with paperwork that don't, that doesn't exist, but our DNA exists yeah. in our bodies and they're not accepting the DNA from ancestry.com, which is the most prevalent uh, used DNA. Is uh, there company. any kind of waiver that could be used uh, in this matter? Not that I've been told about. I think that there should be a waiver for, for African-Americans uh, who want to join the organization. And, you know, I've, I've met a lot of cousins on Ancestry. These are distant, distant cousins that we find were related through DNA. A lot of the women are very, when I tell them, oh, you should apply for, they're very interested. A lot of black women I meet who are distant relatives on Ancestry.com are very, very interested. And I have referred them to the DAR. Said so you should definitely apply for this organization. And every black woman I've spoken with are very excited about the idea of joining mm -hmm. the daughters. And I was very excited, you know. Um, and but they they created a lot of obstacles, or or I, I shouldn't say they created obstacles. Their application process creates obstacles for people, for women like me, women of color like me. You know, it, it's interesting because, you know, at a time you're advocating for a, a connection to our history, a connection yes. to the American Revolution as as African-Americans, as black Americans. At a time when we see some people that are out there pushing this narrative about, you know, 1619 and that's when America got established. I think it's so important that when we have that connection between blacks and the American Revolution, then we get to once again reinvigorate a study of the American Revolution and the connection with the American Revolution. As you said, in, in North Carolina, the Scottish Highlanders, you know, many of them settled there and you were able to trace it back. So what encouragement does your documentary, your film, Adult Children of the American Revolution, can that give to other people, like you just said, to step up and say, maybe I should look into this as well? Absolutely. Well, it's a, the the first uh, installment. It's a short film because these films are very difficult to make, and it's a it's a feature. So it's a fictionalized account of my experience um, with the DNA, discovering my connection with the daughters of the American Revolution and these men who served in the American Revolutionary War. 
And the second uh, installment is called An American Can of Worms because it creates a problem for some Amer white Americans when, when they start to talk about these, these issues. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I feel like my film will raise consciousness and awareness about this issue that a lot of us are, a lot of African-Americans from the South are descendants of these men. It's almost impossible not to be. Yeah. And a lot of the people, uh, my friends who I help uh, with their DNA that are African-Americans that have roots in the South, they all match with at least one white American revolutionary war hero. And um, I, I think it is very important for us to discover, for African-Americans to discuss discover their connection to American history that goes all the way back. Because so many of us feel disconnected from the politics today. We don't feel like we we uh, we matter or uh, what does my vote count? And I think that once you start getting into your history and you see how connected you are to this country, it'll change how you think and, and vote probably. Yeah, because again, I think that so many people from a certain political spectrum, I'll put it that way, are trying to disconnect blacks and, and even Hispanics from, uh, you know, the history of the United States of America. You know, here in Texas, uh, when I was the state party chairman and going down into the Rio Grande River Valley, talking to people about how, you know, a demographic that has some of the most Medal of Honor recipients is the Hispanic community. Or when you look at the Asian American community, you think about the 442nd uh, Infantry Regiment, which was the most decorated regiment in World War II. It was the uh, Japanese Nisei uh, Regiment. So we have got to start doing what is necessary. And I think that, you know, one thing that you may want to try to advocate and take it to the next level Let's go back and find those black men that actually served in the American Revolution. Uh, you know, there was one of the most popular spies that, you know, helped out George Washington. You know, we need to get that history out there and find those descendants and get them recognized as well. So I think that you have, as your sequel, opened up a, a can of words because there are some people that need to recognize that and there are some people that don't want to recognize that. Would you agree? Yes. And the truth is, is that um, anybody who whose parent, one of their parents is white American, um, it, like, let's say, you know, you have a lot of people intermarrying today, young people intermarrying, you have Mexicans marrying whites, black marrying whites, black marrying Mexicans, and, you know, all these different Asians mixing with different races. Um, if you have a white parent who's from the United States and traces their, their ancestry all the way back to the 1700s, and they have married um, a Hispanic or an Asian, they qualify as well through the parent, through that white parent who's been here from the beginning. And um, all you have to do is just start that DNA search. And I met a couple of Hispanics and Asian women when I, you know, as a, I'm a prospective member. I've been a prospective member for two years. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, my application is still pending. And as a prospective member, I go to the events. I can go to all the events and everything like that until I receive my rejection letter, which I haven't. Uh, I, I want to get my rejection letter so I can take it to an attorney and have them look at it. But I have not received a rejection letter as of yet. But while I while I while attending these events, I did meet um, Hispanic women and Asian women who were members through their white parent, whoever their white parent was, who was a descendant of the the, the men who served in the American Revolutionary War. And I did submit 
my first film, Adult Children of the American Revolution, to the Dallas Independent Film Festival. So hopefully it'll get it'll be an official selection and it'll screen. Uh, it's kind of a comedy, uh, you know, it's 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 a dramedy, and hopefully it'll be selected to screen in Dallas, and then I can come out there and meet everybody, and and people can come see the film, the short film. Well, I hope so, and I hope you'll let me know. I I will definitely be there for that. And you know, it's interesting you bring this up because you know here in Texas, as you well know, uh, being uh, raised down in San Antonio, the Alamo is a integral part of, of Texas history. And when you go down to the Alamo there on the 6th of March, 1836, the day that the Alamo fell and all of the descendants are there, you know, some people are kind of surprised when you see Hispanic families there, but they fail to realize there were Hispanic members that were there in the Alamo fighting for the independence here of the uh, what would be the Republic of Texas. And initially they were called Texicans uh, and people were called Texians at, at the time. So I think it's important that we study our history because as George Santayana, the Spanish political philosopher said, those who fail to learn from history are, are doomed to, to repeat it. So when, you, so when you think about what are the one to two, maybe three nuggets. What are the real things that you want to get across in your uh, the uh, documentary that you put together, Adult Children of the American Revolution? What do you want people to have as a takeaway? Well, uh, we're not as black as we think we are. A lot of black Americans are like oh, black power, black this, and but we're really not as black as we think we are. <laughs> Once you start looking into the, I swear, you start looking yeah. at that DNA and you're like, wow, you know? Um, and so that's one point is, um, you know, and you, you really are, you really do have a place in American history, mm -hmm. um, a very significant place in American history. And, and once you start looking through the records, you'll see that. And then also um, that, oh, I forgot the third point. Um, um, oh, gosh, forgot the third point. Um, but basically that we are an integral part of this history and yeah. looking. Oh, yes, this is the third point that we need to look at the history and, and to see the connections and to acknowledge these ancestors that were slaves, who were enslaved. Um, because most of us are black, have a, like a, a, a blackout point. Many, many, if you talk to African-Americans and say, well, do, what do you know? And they just, oh, I just know my, my grandparents or my great grandparents. Yeah. And that's, they stopped there. And I used to be one of those people who was very just like flipping about it. But there's something that you lose in, in, in your identity and, and your strength of, of spirit in not knowing and not looking. It's not these people's fault that they were enslaved. So why would we ignore them and say, oh, I don't even want to look at that. I don't even want to think about that. You know, I think white people do it, too. White Americans are like, oh, I don't know. They, they blank out, too, because they may know or not know that their their ancestors were enslavers and it's painful for them as, as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, the you woman know, I met at the, ge the genealogy conference, yeah. charming woman, very charming, uh, blonde, blue-eyed lady. She had no idea that her, her ancestors had enslaved people in North Carolina. She didn't even know she was from North Carolina. She said, I thought we were from Ohio. We moved from <laughs> Ohio to California. Yeah. And she said, well, we're, I said, what did they, where did they tell you you were from before Ohio? She goes, nowhere and that's the thing yeah. if you don't know where you came from before the civil war then you come from nowhere yeah and that is not true we don't come from nowhere 
we all come from somewhere. Well, the important thing is that if you don't know your past and where you came from, you have trouble understanding where you are and someone can really, you know, manipulate where you're supposed to be going. So I think that's such a bedrock thing. You, you know, you know, when I was the chairman of the state party here, Republican Party of Texas, I would often tell people that the Republican Party of Texas, the nation's largest state Republican Party, was founded on Independence Day of 1867 by 150 black men. And it would shock people. And so yeah. it's so many nuggets like that yes. that, you That's know, right. yeah, the, the, the black community, white community, whomever, they need to understand because there's such an important connection to history. It's not just the history that some people want to, uh, you know, manipulate, like I say, the 1619 Project or whatever, but it's the history that we know that is established. I want to switch gears real quick and talk about your work as a journalist with the Epoch Times. Uh, tell us a little bit about your writings, what do you focus on, and some of the recent pieces that you've put out. Well, um, I'm a freelance reporter there, and I recently wrote a story about um, the special election that's happening in Long Island to replace uh, George Santos, mm -hmm. who Congress removed. And um, there are two candidates there. There's a Democratic candidate, Italian-American, Tom Swozy, and um, there is a, an Ethiopian-American-Israeli a woman of color who is also campaigning for that congressional seat. So I recently wrote about that, and and I, of course I interviewed Colonel in that in that article, mm -hmm. which was very much a blessing. Thank you very much. My pleasure. And yeah, I write about politics in New York um, and and across the country. I've written some things about Texas as well, um, but lately I've been writing a lot about the election and how it's going to go down in 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 New York. Well, and I wanted. To, mm -hmm. Go ahead. No. I wanted to add that also when I, in doing my ancestry search, I discovered my South Carolina, my South Carolinian ancestors mm -hmm. after they were freed um, in 1870, they built a church in Hamer, South Carolina, and it is still there and they are buried in, in the cemetery there. And I need to go. I discovered it in a late 2023. I plan to go there and look at the church because it's kind of dilapidated and um, these distant cousins own the land. Um, and I need to go and look at the church and look at the the, the um, graves. And I want to take pictures of the tombs, of the of the stones, yeah. and I want to po post them on find a grave. I don't want them to be forgotten. I want yeah. them to be remembered. In closing, um, remind us again about how we can support your work adult children of the American Revolution, and then also the sequel, American Can of Worms. What can we do to make sure that your message and this documentary and these clips get out for us to know and see and understand? And, you know, what can people do to help support you in getting other screenings across the United States of America for your, uh, your work? Um, my, you can follow me on Instagram at, at Fairly Juliet. That's F-A-I-R-L-E-Y Juliet, J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E. -T -T -E. And Fairly is a very significant name from, you know, from, I don't know if you, you know, Joseph Fairly was the, the white enslaver, but that's a significant name that I have, white name. Um, but at Fairly Juliet, and then you can also reach me uh, if you have story ideas for the Epic, Epic Times 
I'm always looking for story ideas. It's a Juliet Fairley at gmail.com. It's J-U-L-I-E-T-T-E. F like Frank, A-I-R-L-E-Y at gmail.com. And then I have a website too, julietfairley.com. And uh, you can reach me that way. And I, I will let you know if my film gets into the Dallas Independent Film Festival. I would love to come to Dallas and, and have it screened there and meet everybody. Well, so I'd there. love to help in hosting you. And, you know, you could always stay at Mi Hacienda. And uh, we, we'd love to have that. Now, my last question real quick. Parlez-vous français? Oui. Oui, je parle français. Ma mère est française. And my mother's family, uh, she's a white, blue-eyed French woman from Paris, but she's originally from northern France. I traced her back all the way to the 1390s nobility. Wow. Nobility, though, they, they owned land in northern France, but I think they were run out by the Catholic Church or something like that. I'm not real sure. I have to get clear on that history. But yeah, I, I found her, her ancestors, too, on, on Ancestry. It's been an incredible journey, and I might actually do a separate film on that on that experience. Well, Juliet Fairley, I want to thank you so very much. Once again, the uh, documentary, the screenplay that you wrote was Adult Children of the American Revolution, the sequel, An American Can of Worms. And I think that you are inspired, should, should inspire us all to want to know more about our connection to America and American history and the American founding. I, I think that that is important for every single one of us to understand that. So God bless you all. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for watching this episode of the Steadfast and Law podcast. And if you like this episode, please click the like button and share it with others. And until next time, steadfast and loyal. Before